right, guys. Welcome to episode number 26 of the KFO show, Kayak Fishing Obsessed. If you love kayak fishing, love fishing in general, guys, you're in the right place tonight. I got Brian Slayton, the creek crawler, with us tonight, and he has been absolutely slaying the smallies. And he just showed me a picture in the green room of a bass he caught on the way home from work. Giant. So I am absolutely pumped to have him on. He's going to lay some knowledge down for us. Um, but before we get there, i got a few updates and announcements. Guys, remember, if you're watching this on the podcast or on a replay or even right now, anybody who signs up to be a channel member, and I kind of go the extra mile for my channel members. Um, I have final decals, loyalty badges, early access to content, kind of like my inner circle of guys. They're all guys right now um, who I go to when I have questions about things. And so if anybody signs up channel member, I will send uh, a $10 gift card from cascray.com. So Rick, thank you for putting that up for me. Uh, tonight's sponsor of the show is myself. <laughs> um, I have, um, I'm really pushing the knucklehead bass fishing series right now. You guys have been hearing about it for a quite a bit of time, but it started two days ago and I checked a moment ago. There's no bass up on the board yet, but it's not too surprising. It's been nothing but like 35 degree weather and raining, um, from around up here. But, if you're not familiar with it, you could be a part of this tournament anywhere in the United States. And so for $15, you can head over to Fishing Chaos, sign up to be a part of Team Wendell, and it's four one-month tournaments. And if you win one of the tournaments, you want a spot on my team, and we're going to be heading down to um, Lake Gunnersville on Veterans Day weekend and fishing off against a smorgasbord of other teams. We're going to be fishing off against Chad Hoover, Fluke Master, Rudd. You got the aggressively average anglers fishing with Gramps. And you got Larry Mountain Jr. Oh, my goodness. It keeps on growing. So this is going to be an incredible, awesome opportunity. would love for you to be on Team Wendell. Um, so go check that out. Also, if you enter just by signing up, you're going to be putting to a drawing for a $100 Cast Cray gift card. And so I believe I have 34 signed up right now, which is pretty good. I'm kind of pumped about that. Um, and so one of the 34, not only won a spot on my team, but also one of you won a $100 Cast Cray gift card. All right. Well, remember, this is an interactive show. And so let's welcome the Creek Crawler, my man, 237 videos coming up on a million views. Welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Super stoked to get into the conversation. Yeah. Well, first, show everybody what you showed me. You're like, oh, you did nonchalantly. Hey, check out what I caught on the way home from work. What? Check this out, guys. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was driving home, you know, it was 45 degrees, little rain, and there's a little spillway um, that I always hit, usually on the way home from work, and I just caught Junk. that stud. Junker. <laughs> caught that one in like three casts, and I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, gotta go. I'm good. Not beating that today. <laughs> You've been putting up some serious fish. Um, I appreciate it, man. Recently, and I've been looking at your Instagram, which seems like you kind of more focus on, and of course, YouTube channel. The reason I have you on my show actually is because one of um, one one of the listeners in, he, he's a low life angler. He was like, "You yep. need to have the creek crawler on your show." I love that guy. So I was like, "Hey, you know what? I can do that." And so <laughs> here you are. Tell us, tell us your story, your YouTube journey. Um, you've been doing it for a while, and I yeah. uh, love to hear kind of the how it all transpired. Yeah, absolutely. I just like most folks that fish. Um, I started super young. Not most folks, I guess everyone starts when they get started. But I started super young fishing these little ditches and creeks behind my houses growing up and um, just got into 
chasing little creek chubs and catching bait for my father and his friends so they can go out and catch catfish at night at pay lakes or whatnot. But uh, that's kind of where my passion grew. And I, I, I fell in love with the creeks. I fell in love with the mystery mm. of, of these places and the meandering of creeks and streams and rivers. I've just fell in love with it. And I've always been on the banks, you know, wade fishing, um, pretty much been a bank angler my entire life, except these past, you know, I got my kayak just last year. Ah. I've had a kayak for a couple of years now, but I've really got into the kayak scene these past couple of years. And it's just transpired into something that's simply amazing. I, I Kayak fishing gets you to those places that, you know, off the beaten path, you can float those long stretches of river and one day instead of hitting it chunk by chunk from the bank and trying to get permission. Now, all of a sudden you can just hit them in one day, you know, and it's just, it's changed everything for me. And about my YouTube, my YouTube uh, journey here, I've, I've been doing it for four or five years. Um, okay. I got out of the Navy in 2017 and I went to school down here in Hawking College in Southeast Ohio and fell in love with the Hawking River and mm. Um, still had the passion for every, all my fishing endeavors. I even fished a lot when I was overseas and caught fish in pretty much every country I visited. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm going, I'm so passionate about the, the creeks and these little rivers and, and places, you know, your average person just drives over on their way to work. Right. Just like what I did today. I drove over something that a lot of people don't, a lot of people fish it, but you wouldn't expect that kind of fish to be in those waters. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to make a channel that really, you know, highlights these areas and hopefully, you know, hook somebody into um, a journey of their own of just exploring creeks around their house because it's easy access for everyone. So yeah. that's basically the premise of why I created my channel and it's it's growing pretty good. I think I'm at a little over 7,000 subscribers now and got a ton of videos on there and it's just, it's slowly growing. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it something that you want to do eventually? Like, would it be like the dream to do it full time? Is that on aspiration of yours? Absolutely. All right. I, tell, I, t I told my wife, I tell my wife a lot, you know, that this is, this is a dream, you know, it'd be awesome just to make content, make videos that people can learn from and just be a steward for the natural resources that we have, you know, mm. and it's, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of work, as you know, and everybody in the industry knows making videos. It's, there's a lot of work to it, but if you really commit yourself and your resources to it, you can, you can grow a channel and you can grow it now. And, and a lot of people think that if you're not, if you haven't already been in the game for a while, you, you, there's no chance to grow. And I've only been in it for four or five years, you know, and it, and it's growing substantially, I think in my eyes, in my opinion, but yeah, it's, a, it's one of those things. If you're like, Hey, if you're in it, like in it to win it for five years, mm -hmm. you could, you could do this full time. Yeah. It, it's absolutely. a reality. There's no faster growing small business the content content creators right now and yeah mm -hmm. it's a grind <laughs> and it's it work. Is a grind uh, yeah but hey if it, I, I feel like i'm doing it you feel like you're doing it we are doing it and it is so incredibly exciting to be yep. a part of so i don't even think it's work I, I i tell my wife all the time it's like the fishing part it, it, it i can go out and spend all day on the water and i will go do it the next day and i'll go do it the next day and i'll go do it i'll run myself dry like just like physically beat down because i just can't get enough of it you know and it's like sometimes i gotta take a break i'm like all right you gotta chill because i'll be like dehydrated or something <laughs> or like for example right now i gotta drink something but i don't eat it's like um should i fish through lunch and starve myself and be really hungry for dinner yeah that sounds like a really wise choice darren let's do that i do that all the time it's stupid uh i right, got some questions here yeah um carolina bass hunter 
uh, this is when we were talking about when you when you threw up that chunky girl. Was it on the was it on the trace? Six cents trace, right? What that bass? Yeah. Yeah, the one I caught today, yeah. I've okay. probably put no exaggeration, fifty plus fish on that trace on the bank already or oh. in my kayak since this year. Yeah, already. At least probably. Probably wow. more to be honest. <laughs> wow. All it's right. unreal. Yeah, I saw another smallmouth chonk that you got recently five mm-hmm. pounder uh, we'll talk about that in a minute i'm not going to go right. there yet i've um, <laughs> got a couple other things um carolina bass hunters so i got fifth on team creek last night Can he's talking about the knucklehead challenge Congrats, oh yeah cbh he lost his big oh it's a bummer could have could have got second third or even first I, you know what's crazy month. is i've signed up i registered through fishing chaos yep. i got my kbf uh, membership i did everything and I might have to join your team and get oh, on it for the month of May. Come on now. Come on now. How many people are signed up for the month of May on your team? 34 right now. 34? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's Low Life Angler. There he is. There he is, my man. Love that guy. All right, let me see here. Kyle Turner is like, hey, I'm taking a, I'm I'm taking mine to work tomorrow, heading out to Lake as soon as he get clocks out, my man. Low yes. Life Friday. He's ready. Wow. Um, nice. Weather's looking good in Ohio, folks. Yes. If you're from Ohio. Um, Steve, yes. Um, tell everyone where you're from, because I guess I know, but you really haven't said it yet outside of Hawking uh, Hills. But give a general. Yeah, so vicinity. yeah, so I live in Southeast Ohio in the Hawking Hills area. Um, I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, just south of Dayton, the Miamisburg area. Grew up Miamisburg, Middletown. Um, I really cut my teeth on the Great Miami River, mm. so that's obviously you know pretty famous river in Ohio as 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 far as like smallmouth fisheries are concerned. So yeah, I, I grew up on the Dayton. Dayton area, all the creeks, all the little feeder creeks and tributaries in Southwest Ohio. And then once I came back from the Navy, I moved to Southeast to, to go to school, enjoyed it, stayed here and I'm here currently. So. All right. Amy Richards, let's go. I'm an OU grad. Hey, Amy, me too. I went, I, I did, uh, I got my bachelor's in outdoor education and recreation. So oh, there we go. So this is like what you have dreamed of doing for a long time now. <laughs> I guess. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, mind right line tight outdoors sneaking in before <laughs> be able sneaking in before able to clock out. Shh, hope your boss isn't watching. We won't. All right, let's anybody. keep on. Let's keep on moving on here. Oh man, I'm good. It's kind of hard to like interview and kind of like manage all the comments, but yeah, I'm trying to do my best here. All right, so let's hop in a little bit to some some meat here. Um, I'm going to show a photo. I know for those of you on the podcast, you're like, I can't see this. So Brian, explain kind of what happened. This is oh, so a that's monster uh, smallie. Yeah, it's a big smallmouth I caught in the Hawking River just um, a few days ago, actually, right before this rain that we got. Um, fishing a little waterfall area on the Hawking. Uh, is Amy still in here? Was Amy the OU grad? She's probably yeah. familiar. There's there's a little stretch of the Hawking River that goes through OU campus, and uh, that's where I caught it there, and um, it was unreal. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that little short video because I got that video on camera. I got that action on camera i threw it in this little waterfall and all you see is this giant black shape come out of nowhere and just crush it right off the surface of the water it was unreal but yeah that, that lure has been insane for me yeah i'm getting a lot of uh on the comments what part he just shared it um thanks for sharing that amy says oh yeah that's awesome so man so <clears throat> you got your kayak tell me a little bit about that um What's your river yak look like? You just got it a year ago. Why did it take you so long to get a kayak? I was being stubborn. 
to be honest with you. I, I think I was being too stubborn. I was like, you know what? If I can't hit it from the bank, I don't even want to fish it. Well, I got a little Pelican 100 Angler X or something from Dunham's one mm-hmm. night. You know, I just spur of the moment. I was like, you know, I was going to do this. I threw it on the Hawking River, went on like a seven mile float. And I was like, this is it. This is where I need to be. I need to be in a <laughs> plastic boat on a river or in the creek. So uh, the following few months, I went and got a Old Town PDL 106, oh. the pedal drive. And okay. that has changed my fishing dramatically. Um, being able to move and fish at the same time, I have a wizard anchor on as well on the bow. So when I'm fishing current, I can drop my anchor and point upstream and fish my presentations downstream. Okay. Um, and so that's, and I'm waiting on, I have the Grey Ghost limited edition on its way. So I'm waiting Ooh. for that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're, getting, you're, you're now collecting kayaks at this point. You got Actually, three now? I'm, I'm going to, no, I got rid of, I sold my Pelican to one of my buddies. Um, and then I'm going to sell this PDL I have now for super cheap to one of my buddies so that he can have a pedal drive. And I'm going to get the, it's just a different color. PDL 106 uh, anniversary edition or something. Note note to self, everybody. If hey. you want a cheap kayak, be Brian's friend. Because <laughs> hey, the person said- I'm selling it to is Bookman Bassin. And <laughs> a quick a quick fact about Bookman Bassin tonight is I hooked that fish in the spillway and I was about 20 feet off the water. He drove from his house to the spillway within like eight minutes, went down in the spillway and landed my fish while I was holding it. And it barely was skin hooked, that big bass that I showed you earlier. He went down there and got it. Caught the same one? No, he he went down there and got it for me. I was up on a wall and he went down into the spillway and got it for me. No, that's a good friend. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to land it if it wasn't for Israel. So shout out to you, Israel. You know what? That name's not familiar. I think I actually liked his page today. Yep. He's (laughs) got a YouTube YouTube video and everything. Yeah. He uh, he helped me land that bass tonight. So appreciate it, Bob. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, so kayaks, you, you're moving, you're shaking, you're getting new ones. Now, you know, most people don't go pedal kayak on a river, right? Because they're afraid of just destroying what's underneath it. So these, these rivers must have some pretty good depth to them in, at a given size. Uh, to be honest, um, I will latch my PDL and just to the first setting on the locking mechanism. There's like three okay. like clicks. Shallow. And if you just do the one and if it hits something hard enough, it'll just kind of pop up instead of yep. like really damage anything. But, um, yeah, just, and if you come up on a pond of riffle, usually I'm fishing clear water anyway, so I can see shallow water coming and I'll just lift it up and lock it into place. Um, but I also bought the insert for the pedal drive. So I, if I don't, if I want to do a, a super shallow float, I will take the pedal drive off completely and just put the insert in there and lock it into place. And then I'm just, I just have a regular paddle kayak instead of a pedal. There you go. That makes sense to me. You know, I was actually fishing some of your waters just this past week. Um, Paul from Cincy Fishing Dudes, Cincy Fish Dudes, um, took me to some of the tributaries of the Great Miami River. And so um, I'm watching, I mean, I'm literally fishing places I know oh, that you have. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you did. <laughs> he showed me, he's like, hey, check this out. And he showed a tournament you guys were in. You beat him by like a quarter inch or something, or a half inch or something like that. So just know that got to him and he still can't sleep at yes. night. <laughs> hey, and I want to thank him because I believe he supplied the third place package. And it was like a, he hooked me up with like a $50 gift card to Cabela's. I was like, yes. Oh, nice. I want to say it was, I want to say Paul did sponsor that one. So that, that was even cooler that not only I beat him by a quarter inch, he also gave me some money. <laughs> 
Oh, he's a good dude. Do you guys fish together yeah. at all or just kind of against each other with your wade <sighs> tournaments? You know what? I They're from Southwest Ohio, pretty far away. Yeah. So I don't really connect with a lot of anglers, to be honest with you. Um, unless you're here in Southeast Ohio and I'm dunking and dipping around here for the weekend. But typically I'm just a lone wolf when it comes to fishing. I just, I don't know. I like to be alone for the most part. I don't yeah. know why. It's just, it's just, it's a therapeutic session for me. Um, Sometimes I like to get involved and have a couple people, but I feel like my focus is off if I'm not completely alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I get it. You're usually, if you're with someone, usually teaching or being taught, mm-hmm. and you can't just solely focus on you know, taking in everything right. you're taking in. To, to you can't be it. completely observant to your surroundings and the environment if you got a few people with you. In in my in my in my case, it's not like that for everyone, but. That's just, that's just how I am, man. I just, I like to go at it alone for the most part. All right. Hey, let us know in the comments, if you're listening in, are you a lone wolf or do you prefer fishing with others? Let me know. I'm really curious to kind of see those. Yep. Got a couple of lone wolves right here. Same mostly like it, like it, like it. All right. Keep on. Greg's like, I get the alone thing. Bookman Bassin. Me too solo apparently everybody likes fishing <laughs> one person is like hey i like fishing with others um, it's always cool to have friends you know especially you know taking pics of each other's fish and everything but yeah for the most part i'm i'm alone and you also have to keep into keep in mind in the back of your head you know when you are fishing alone you have to be extremely cautious extremely safe so i would never go into like a rising river or a flooded river or a super muddy murky river by myself that's just you have to set parameters for yourself just for safety precautions um oh 100 uh, my, my chaotic he's on the show here coming up folks lone wolf mind right loner um looks like most it, folks like to do it alone utah how you doing utah that's one of my buddies all right i love it um you know it's interesting i i fished i i usually fish alone and recently I fish with my dad because he's doing the knucklehead. I took my wife out for the first time ever. She has never kayak fished, never caught a bass in her life. And so she caught her first bass and subsequently her personal best. My brother got his personal best. I went out with uh, recently with um, Cincy Fish Dudes and then Bowfin Junkie came down from Cleveland. So I've been done nothing but fish with others. And it definitely has its place. I, yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought. Now, I still really enjoy going out solo. And usually when I'm going out solo, it's like, okay, I need to focus. I got a one-month tournament. I need to put some fish on the board. So um, here's some more here. Here's the interesting. I prefer with someone when, when on a yak. So really quick, you, you were mentioning, you know, I wouldn't go out alone on, on particular rivers that you're kind of new to and murky. Um, have you ever, have you ever had any close calls? Like, there, is there a rationale behind that? Or are you just more out of abundance of caution? It's just smart out there. being an abundance of caution, but also I've had situations um, like I was fishing the Susquehanna event for the Hobie BOS last year. Mm. And um, I was on a tributary to that river and I was alone and I did not see this like legit little waterfall coming. Even though I came upstream, coming back downstream, I couldn't like visually see where it was at. And I kind of just like went sideways and um my kayak was taking on water and i don't know how i did not flip or anything but i was able to kind of like lean into the current and kind of like shake my kayak down it um but i got out of there without you know taking any damage or anything like that and 
I was like, all right, this is, that was the first situation where it's like, all right, you have to be a little more cautious, especially when you're by yourself out there. Cause there was nobody with me. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Real quick in Ohio, I was actually walk, walking the, um, this tributary of the great Miami and I had Creek fishing adventures on, I know you guys know each other and probably mm-hmm. even, I think you actually fished with one another and, um, down in Tennessee, they have certain rules and laws around where and how you can fish creeks, how you enter really you okay. public property. Are you not, what are the rules? And I, cause I know they differ from state to state. What are the rules and regulations for creek fishing in Ohio? So as long as you launch from public lands, as long as you do not step foot on private property, you can travel navigable waterways. And that includes portaging over any kind of debris or super shallow uh, riffles or anything like that. So as long as you are are on a navigable waterway in Ohio, you can travel to public land to another part of public land and take out. Um, Fortunately, in Ohio, we have amazing organizations and agencies that create access, kayak accesses um, Mm -hmm. that own little parcels here and there along the river that you can put in and then float a stretch that mostly is private. But since you're on navigable water, you're allowed to fish these, you're allowed to navigate through these waterways and go to the next, go to the next kayak launch. Okay. So that's, if you're floating, are there different rules if you're walking? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. If you're, if you're walking, you cannot set foot on public, on private property, unless you have permission from the landowner. Um, I have an app, an Onyx app on my phone. Um, some of you might be familiar with it, but it shows parcels along a river or wherever you're hunting or fishing. You can click on a parcel. It'll say, oh, this is public land or, hey, this is private land owned by this person. And you can try to search them out and get permission. So if you are walking in the creek or part of that river and it butts up against private land, you technically can't be walking on the bottom of that river because you own private property. Yeah. So private property is the land under the water. And that's what most people get confused, I believe. Um, So if someone owns private property on each side of that river and you get out and you're not navigating over or portaging over a um, timber fall down or something like that, and you're just kind of hanging out on someone's property, that's that's private property. So they own the land under the water. I don't think it's like that everywhere. Yeah, I I don't think it is either. Um, I wish it wasn't. Um, Yeah, right. I think out west in Montana or something like up to the high water mark is all public land. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I wish it was like that here. (laughs) <laughs> that would be that would be nice so technically rules. i can be like the gmr float uh it floods like 30 feet up so i got all this space to work around everywhere you can go everywhere oh so different rules so keep in mind out there if you're getting into yep. kind of wade fishing and creek fishing um just know where you're at get permission where you can know where you you're can. at and, and find out your agencies and organizations your nonprofits that are creating mm-hmm. access your mm-hmm. conservancy districts your conservancies like we have the hawking river commission here that has created um nonprofit that has created little access points all along the river for people to get in yeah just be familiar with the organizations that are dedicating a lot of time and resources to folks getting access to the natural resources yeah for sure. On X, I need to grab that. You know, I asked Alex Red, what are some apps on his phone? He, he was like, On X is one of them. Um, and since <laughs> we're talking about that, what, what are the phishing apps that you have on your phone to help you do what you do? Um, let's pull it up here. I have just a couple. I have the, uh, obviously I have On X. I have the Navionics boating app. Yep, so yep. I can bring that up and look at um, any kind of data on any lakes. I think it's a few bucks a month or something like that. I also have the river app, 
which is super important. This okay. is probably one of the most important apps. Um, I don't know. I have a list of rivers and creeks. I probably shouldn't show those, but so for example, I'll just show the great Miami river and it'll show you the water levels. Okay. And then if you click on a certain area, it'll also show you the depth and feet. So oh, you can nice. see, see, you can see this pre this rain, this range that we just got, just crushed the river down there. It went up. It only went up about a half a foot, but it's already up high enough as it is. So it's just getting high and you can use that app to be, and you can look up your river or Creek here in Ohio and uh, go to it and kind of get a good idea. If, if it's raging or you need to stay home and not waste your gas and just fish local or yeah. invest time and go somewhere else. Makes sense. Makes sense. And what's that called? It's called the river app or river app. It's just called river app. All right. River app. Solid. Smart. Yep. So, Hey everybody, if you're listening in, let me know what apps do you have on your phone? If they are different than the Creek crawlers, I'd love to hear which ones you guys got and kind of what they do. Um, Steve's right. USGS will do that too. There you go. All right. Well, let's hop into some some tactical talk. So, you're heading out. Let's say you're heading out in your kayak or getting out, getting ready to wade, wade fish mm-hmm. up a tributary or on the bank fish, the hawking. What do you have hooked up right now? So, if I'm going to bank fish the hawking, <laughs> I'm torn nowadays. It used to be 100%. I'm grabbing a Helgramite or a leech. But okay. with the way the swim bait has been producing for me, and even in some of the smallest creeks I've fished in so far, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll just take this. I'll take one rod. First off, if you ever go on a, on a way trip or something, just take one rod. Carrying mm-hmm. multiple rods is such a pain. And the cool thing about weight fishing, and you want to be light, you want to be fast, and you want to be effective. You want to hit a spot for 20 minutes and then go to the next spot. But Obviously, we've been talking about it already, but that's the little five-inch uh, jointed swim bait by six cents. It's a trace and bone pearl, and I just have it on um, a utility player. This is the utility player Daiwa Stees. Um, it's a seven-three medium heavy, pretty much. And the cool thing, what I typically do is I grab a rod that I can fish multiple presentations with effectively. So this is the utility player, and I also have the Daiwa Kages that are that's called the all-around rod, and you can fish. The bigger Helgramites, you can fish crawls. Um, but I'll either have that swim bait tied on. I'll have I have the Nico oh, yeah. crawl here on the rugby jig head or the Helgramite as well. Those will probably be my three options right now. I have okay. the leech and the swim bait. Like both of those rods will be in my car. And if I decide to hit one, I'll just grab one. So you're obviously good at finding fish. It's obvious through the photos that you're posting up. So walk me through kind of your mindset, right? Um, there's so many synapses of her brain that takes place. I, I I was just thinking about it when I was out with Cincy Fish Dudes, and I'm looking at everything that could be looked at in a river, and there's a lot of different structure, a lot of different mm-hmm. cover, um, and fisher in some places, and more so high percentage areas, and then there's low percentage areas. Right. So you've done this a lot, and you picked up some the big ends, right? Everyone's looking for them. A lot of times, you just some people are just looking for fish in general. How do you break down what you break down in your brain? <clears throat> so if I'm looking at a creek or a river, um, I'm looking for, I'm looking at, I'm studying the hydrology of that body of water. I'm, I want to, I want to become a student of how the water moves. Once you become a student of how the water moves, which is their environment, 
you become very excellent at determining where these fish will be in these bodies of water. So you pick up on current seams, you pick up on slack eddies, you pick up on a large boulder that's in the middle of the river, but the top of the boulder is about four inches underwater and you see a little swirl behind it. And you're like, okay, there's a structure there. You start picking up on these little nuances and these characteristics and it becomes a, re- it becomes a knowledge that is transferable to most moving water situations, creeks, rivers, what have you. Um, I think that's what's led to a lot of my success is observation of my quarry. So like when you're fishing creeks, one thing I love about fishing like shallow, clear water systems is I will sit there and watch a fish, um, watch how they navigate their environment. Mm. And then when I go to a bigger river, say that doesn't have that water clarity, I'll be like, well, this fish in the moving water, he does this, this and that. And then I'll start putting that equation on the bigger river. Like, okay, there's a boulder, there's a current seam, there's an eddy back here. I'm going to hit one, two, three casts. More than likely you're going to get bit once you put these puzzles together. Um, yeah, just be a, be a student of the environment and be a student of the prey species as well. I think a lot of people, um, they see the crawls, they see the minnows. Be familiar with exactly what species they're feeding on. Are they eating sculpins? Are they eating darters are they eating rainbow darters that are bright orange and yellow and have all these fancy colors when they're spawning Mm. um yeah just be a student of the environment and i think the fish catching comes comes with that to be honest yeah yeah now i saw one of your one of your videos you're like there's like you know a lot of times on bridges all this timber just gets jacked up yes (laughs) against this and you're like oh there's a high percentage area pop zoom, yep tearing your line away um you know it's it, all you know typically it's always you know you're looking for structure and cover but break down geek out a little bit more not, I, I would imagine not everyone fishes rivers and creeks and streams so you mm-hmm. made mention some you know some seams eddies like for yeah. someone who's like hey you know what I, i'm i would be really into doing this right I, you just spoke a different language right so um some basics about Uh, just river hydrology and how the water moves. Um, So a current seam is where you have a fast moving current coming down and an object, it's hitting an object and going around it. And that creates, not only it creates an eddy behind the object, but it creates a current seam down the side. And those fish like to set up behind those objects. And they're just basically sitting there and the ecosystem is like a 24 seven conveyor belt of food and resources so they'll just sit there something will come tumbling by they don't have to use a lot of energy um, to go out and grab prey and that's the big thing a lot of people um, need to realize is these fish don't want to spend too much energy to catch prey especially in the summer Um, right now they're just kind of going crazy they have all this pent-up anger (laughs) like i do because i'm sitting inside during the winter and i can't fish but they have they have all this energy stored up and they're just exploding on a lot of stuff right now but um yeah just um i don't know how so i did i talked a little bit about the current seams and the eddies are just like a slow moving swirl you'll see these if you if you get up and watch watch your river from like a high vantage point you could start to see these different characteristics and how they set up and once you figure out that picture you can take that information basically anywhere but another thing i like to look out for when i'm out on the river is looking watching the wildlife so watch for those species of birds that actually prey on fish and prey on the same items that your smallmouth are going after or your largemouth are going after. You'll see, you'll see the cranes set up in certain areas. 
they're obviously there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So keep that in the back of your head. And maybe one morning you're going to show up. That crane's going to be there. That blue heron's going to be there. I'm, I said crane. The blue heron's going to be there. Um, he's going to be there with you fishing. And I've caught so many fish right 12 inches from a blue heron's face. Like really he's catching shad. I'm catching the smallmouth that are trying to eat the shad. <laughs> it's just a great time. Once, once you figure out where the great blue herons go, follow the great blue herons, watch where the kingfishers are going. The kingfishers are looking for little minnows, little bait fish. Use their bird's eye view of the river to your advantage, you know? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. I got a, I got a question here. I'm going to back up to it. Uh, oh, here we go. Cooler lid. If you're coming in halfway through the show, which we are over halfway, I told you it goes fast, Brian. It's already at 40 minutes, right? <laughs> um, the guest tonight is Brian Slayton, the creek crawler. Um, he loves kayak fishing, creeks, rivers, and. If you head over to his Instagram, he's pretty darn good at it. So go check him out. But thanks for being on the show, Brian. So let's head on to another question for you. So you mentioned the trace, which seems to be your go-to right now for for the biggins. Uh, You have your Helgramite, which seems to be what you've done for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And what else did you say? I have, uh, I've done really good with the Nico crawls as well. Okay. Just a little crawl presentation. That's a, that's a pretty stout um, football jig. Yeah, it's that's a, heavy. I, I throw this on casting gear. So this is a quarter ounce head, and I basically just fish it. It's basically a skirtless jig. Um, I've had a ton of success with this presentation, and I've also been pairing this hook up with our big Helger mites that we just came out with, the four and a quarter inchers. Hey, how's okay. it going, Brian? But uh, uh, The big one. Yeah, we got the big Helger mites out now, and I'm super stoked. I've been catching a lot of fish on those as well. Brian, uh, thank you so much for posting up yeah. some cash. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate every, it. Every bit goes a long way. Um, let me see we're here. So you you shared with us what you have rigged up now. So at the end of May, right, you got June, you're starting to head into the heat of the summer. You've already kind of alluded that kind of bass changed their smallies and largies kind of changed their tune. How do you target smallies, um, particularly during the summer? Yeah. So I think the most important parts of the day in the summer are the first hour of sunlight and the last hour of sunlight. Um, so sunlight and sunset. So that first hour, I'll throw a topwater walking bait. Let's see if I got one here. Yeah. I'll throw a topwater walking bait, just a shad color. Yeah. This is a six inch dogma walking bait. I love to throw that. That first hour of daylight is super, super crucial um, because you'll have that first hour that it's like, bam, 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 bam. And as soon as that sun comes up, it's like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Now those fish have kind of receded. And that's when I tie on the crawl, the helgramite, the leech. Okay. And that's when you start picking apart like structure that's in kind of deeper water. You're looking for those laydowns and fishing super slow. I think what I've come to the realization um, is I fish summertime midday like I would fish in wintertime. Mm. And that is super slow super finessey i'll drop my i'll drop my leader down to like eight pounds um i'll put uh the little vmc rugby heads they come in like a and one eighth ounce i'll put that on there and it's got a stout hook too and i'll start pitching cover and just kind of let it sit there i'll just hold my rod let the current sit there and work my bait for me and and don't do too much that's the thing i think a lot of people Mm. make a mistake of fishing the hottest day of summer is they're trying to move too much this fisher you know, they're just kind of chilling. They've had their fill. They've had their giant breakfast, you know, and they've just filled up on all this bait fish. 
they're kind of just chilling and you just let that helicopter might kind of drift by their face or something like that they'll go over there and just pick it up and you'll see your line move and all of a sudden it just starts going out to deeper water and that's when you start getting into a lot of fun but i think the first hour of the morning top water buzz bait walking bait however you prefer to tackle that situation and then once that sun comes up i start getting really finessey and very very like sneaky in my approach casting distance is key standing up in my kayak about 30 30 40 feet away from the structure i'm trying to target you know mm-hmm. and just kind of drift those baits into where those smallies are hiding during the heat of the day here's a question from lit by the way thank you for that give some direction um i was actually fishing with paul and i know it wasn't the heat of the summer this was like last week but we're both fishing the cascade nub which is just a ned rig kind of setup and mm-hmm. i work mine a lot just kind of by habit and, and right. confidence he threw it out and just like started to have a conversation with me i'm like paul you're gonna you're gonna do anything with that ned rig and boom it just hits <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess not. I learned something yep. new today. Right. Um, you just let it sit there. I mean, just yeah. it's moving down there. You don't realize yeah. it's a actually of, a lot of yeah. movement down there. If you had an underwater Absolutely. camera, you'd be able to see it. And I do that too. I'll film underwater videos. You know, I'll put a bait underwater. The slightest current, especially, you know, any kind of floating plastic or anything like that. When it's sitting up straight like this in the water, it's constantly doing this. Look. And those smallmouth come up there. And if you're sitting there like trying to jerk it away, it's like, eh, whatever. I'll just leave it be. You just let it sit there. They'll come up there. They'll get closer. They'll get closer. I've watched it. They'll get closer. And it's like right there on their nose. And they just slowly suck it up and then go back to their little hole, you know? And it's just like, you got to be super patient. It's just like fishing in the wintertime, I think. Yeah. Which you've done, which I've seen. I'm looking at some of your photos of smallies and there's like snow in the background. Yeah. So how do you, how are you targeting them I mean, obviously you just shared a little bit but there's is there something else you do like what's your go-to i saw you what, in the winter in time video yeah in the winter um the same thing Got the it. same thing in the summertime i'm throwing in one of the deepest holes i can find in the creek um and that's the cool thing about clear water is if you don't see them in two or three feet of water you can be like okay well obviously they're all over here in this four and a half foot section where i can't quite see the bottom but there's no other place they're going to be so the cool thing is you can just throw your Helgramite in there and I would literally have my rod in my hands for 45, 50 seconds. And I'll just sit there with my line tight to my Helgramite and just see it pop up and just start going. It's like, okay, okay. that's how it's going to be in the wintertime. So super slow, be super patient, you know, grab your phone out, go check kayak fishing access, you know, watch, <laughs> watch them, watch some videos while you're sitting there with your Helgramite or your Ned rig or whatever. Seriously. I'm, I'm being dead serious when I say that, like be slow, be patient and just, enjoy being uncomfortable i guess <laughs> it is uncomfortable because yeah i don't know anybody who won is patient we all want it and we all want it now um and so sitting there for 45 seconds but if, if yeah. your bite's tough you got to try different things instead of just right. doing the same thing over and over again and so little tip there that might grab you some fish on a day that'd be a tough bite all right guys so I, if you have a question for creek crawler please throw that up. We're coming up to the last like 13 minutes of our time. And when I, when I, there was a question that I missed up here a little bit, basically what temperature do you start throwing top water from lost and tackle? What temperature, like temperature outside the water? I think, temp, I'm water. I think, he, I think he's talking water temp. I would say 60 degrees. Okay. So high fifties. Cause I mean, I was catching fish with that trace, literally burning it on top of the surface and in a, in a Creek right by my house. And, they were coming up just crushing it. So 
um, you know, high fifties, sixties, you're getting into some really good topwater, topwater action. They're coming up shallow. They're chasing bait fish, getting ready to spawn, you know, and they're, they're putting on the feedback. So I think topwater at around 60 degrees is perfect. High fifties for you is just coming up, right? Yeah. Like it's right now. Like yeah, it's right, right now. It's, you're yeah. just peeking into the high fifties right yep. now. High fifties, right. low sixties. Yep. Love it. Uh, I got a, a question from Scott Hammond. What color Helgramite? Do you have one with you? Hey, Scott. Um, actually, I have a couple of my favorites. Um, I'm, what do you I'm got on the fan. table that we can't see? Oh, I got <laughs> Show some. Show us uh, everything. <laughs> well, I was going to give some stuff away to some folks. So Ooh, now we're talking. I got, I got the big Helgramites, the mud bugs. Oh, heck yeah. I love this color. It's like a, it's like a green pumpkin with like little gold dust and green flakes in it. It's a really cool color. I love the mud bug. Um, I was also going to give away the obsidian ones. They're just a straight black. 4.25 inches. An awesome, awesome bait. I'm super stoked. We just came out with these a couple months ago, and I was testing them out in November and crushing fish on them. I was like, okay, this is going to be the real deal. But, uh, yeah, I like obsidian. I like natural. A lot yeah. of folks love June bug. You know, we have some cool June bug colors coming down the pipeline um, for those, but absolutely i like the natural colors man I, I a lot of people some folks like to use like these crazy chartreuse colors and everything like that and if that's your confidence bait that's the bait you need to fish with that's my all my all-time great advice to anyone because what my what my experience is it's subjective to what your experience is you know like i experience things differently i have confidence in different things than you will have confidence in mm. so if you're if you're a chartreuse guy I'll say go buy a chartreuse Helgramite because that's the color you know in the back of your head. You have confidence in throwing, so you're probably going to catch more fish on it. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I am in the same. I'm with you. Um, the waters I fish are fairly clear. Typically, you want to go natural colors. You will probably rarely. You'd be hard-pressed to find in 500 videos that I got on YouTube right now, me Ooh. fishing a non-natural like green pumpkin, red fleck, Right. Something you won't find me fishing a pink, a yellow, yeah. a bright orange. You just you just won't. I don't know. And maybe just like you said, it's my confidence. But I've had people come up to me and be like, Oh man, those bubblegum trick worm from Zoom are sick. Right. I can't keep the fish. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've tried them. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. All right, I got a question from William coming in here. What was the hardest part? This one's for you. What was the hardest part of fishing uh, from a kayak to get used to being that you you know recently kind of got into one? You know what? The wind. The wind became my <laughs> greatest enemy on planet Earth. I've never been so upset, especially when I had a paddle kayak, that little pelican. Oh. And you'd get like 10 mile an hour winds and you're trying to either go upstream or downstream or you're just trying to stay still and your paddle's in your lap and you're doing like circles like this and you can't stay still. But no, just... um. I think setting the hook sitting down is a huge learning yeah. curve. Um, I lost a lot of fish at first. I think I've kind of got it down pat now at this point with about a year and a half and change sitting in a plastic boat. But I think uh, setting the hook was one of my greatest um, um, obstacles, I think. Yeah, no, 100% because I actually did a video on this, how to hook set from a kayak because it is different, folks. And if you haven't dialed that in, you will lose fish first getting into a kayak. Yeah, right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like it's it's like a shoulder movement, as in if you're on the bank, it's a waist movement, like a right. like a bat like a bat swing. 
but when you're on and just sitting on your on your bum, you know, you can't you can't move your waist really. So you gotta kind of snap your shoulder back. Like I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, I hear you. Wind, and you know, I just did a video. Um, Twelve reasons kayak fishing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it, for some reason the youtube algorithm gods has smiled upon me because that thing has kind of gone bonkers recently. nice nice but people were just like yes wind wind yes wind i hate wind <laughs> spinning like a top wind, wind yes like my goodness i hear you but you know what when you have a pedal drive because you went from paddle to pedal that's a game changer yeah absolutely the wind isn't my enemy as much but still is um especially if you're like trying to like stay in a current seam or something like that. And the wind's like pushing from the back and your kayak's like whipping out from behind you. Now the current's pushing you out of your spot. So <laughs> boat positioning is another obstacle. Boat positioning is super important. Yeah, for sure. All right. Bucktail got a question for you. Have you ever tried a drop shot in a current? Thought about trying that with the Helgramites or I think it's supposed to be or leeches. Yep. So here's the thing. I'm a finesse angler. I have been my whole life. Until recently, obviously, I've been throwing bigger baits and stuff like that. But I'm not a big drop shot fan. I don't fish a drop shot, and it's it's shameful. I know I need to pick up the drop shot and learn how to fish it. <laughs> but um, the Helgramite, it's a floating plastic, so it'll stay up in that water column and kind of just float there. Um, our leeches are known for their ability to be fished on the drop shot. And also, Nico has a tadpole. And this is kind of like a great, um, like a Lake Erie secret. Uh, the Nico tadpoles are one of the most excellent. I don't have, you know what? I do have one on me. Hold on one second. Oh, no problem. I think I do have one on me. Cooler lid. That's why I bought the autopilot yes. spot lock right on. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I was reading comments. Yes. I didn't know how, no, far, no, no, how you're long good. you're going to be away. I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to have them, but they're in my, I brought my bag in here, but this is the Nico tadpole. Check this out. Oh, chill out. For those on the podcast, this looks like a little frog with tiny little legs and like a beaver yep. type tail thing oh there we go super durable this thing will last you literally all day but uh just a little creature bait this thing crushes obviously i haven't caught fish with them on a drop shot because i don't fish the drop shot right. but a lot of people that do drop shot use our little tadpoles like this and absolutely hammer smallmouth bass on this but that's another cool little presentation that you have from nico right there that's cool. You keep on you keep on saying we um, talk about that a little bit because it's like um, who you connected with. I just yeah, I've been with Nico for a few years now. Um, I started using their Helgramite, watching Creek Fishing Adventures. You know, oh, it was like three oh, years yeah. ago. I tied on the Helgramite. I've kind of like never turned back from the Helgramite as like my go-to creek and river presentation. Like it's put so many fish in my hands like it's unreal how much how much fish is put in my hands but i'm I'm a pro staff on their team you know i i do the the whole uh code thing and everything but i've teamed up with vance outdoors here in ohio i don't know if you're familiar with vance outdoors only from looking at your channel today from, okay yeah so i've brought nico to ohio i brought nico to ohio through vance outdoors so vance outdoors have has most of the um nico lineup in their shops now in lebanon hebron and uh, Obets. They have a bunch of Nico selections for y'all. Um, paired up, uh, teamed up with Nico, teamed up with Vance Outdoors later on in my YouTube journey here. And it's been an excellent, excellent, um, relationship. Nice. Um, Bass Ackward says, can you Texas rig it? I'm assuming no. Texas rig what? I'm, the, I, I think the, the context tadpole? was our tadpole. 
Looked a bit oh. small, but I could be wrong. No, it's super. It's super small. Yeah, it's only two point nine inches. There you go. But a lot of people use the. Um, have, if you've seen the little uh, Z-Man micro finesse, I think they're little jig heads. They're little micro finesse jig heads. Oh, yeah. People have been pairing it up because it's just look. That's my thumb. I mean, okay. it's little little creature doodad there. I put this actually on little finesse jigs. Like if you have super little round head jigs, little tiny jigs with a little bit of skirt material, these make awesome little jig trailers because their tail will just sit there and float in the current like that. Mm. You know, someone made a a comment. I think it was Brian. Brian Fishing Adventures USA. I use Nico Hogermites and products on the lake and do very well. Now, quick story. I was fishing um, Cincinnati recently. Paul had to do some stuff with the kids. Like I went back to where we were fishing this lake oh, and nice. um, there was a, uh, yeah, I went back to the spot <laughs> and this guy, I just kind of met with him and he's like, Oh yeah, I know Paul. Paul's like the minor celebrity there in Cincinnati. Cause he has like a localized fishing channel, which is pretty right. Weird. Cool dude. Go check him out. Cincy fish dudes. If you're in that yep. area, but I switched with a guy and he's like, you know, I'm going to throw in this Helgramite and boom, he's just throwing it in lakes and he's catching large bass with them. So not just a smallie bait, um definitely was and he we were on top of this tree and he, we were just kind of dialing him in we just hand over and that's why i think these are going to come into play for the largemouth and more specifically like the four and a quarter inch the larger creature presentation oh, yeah. texas rig those those will be killer on a texas so rig stick around folks uh we're going to be doing a giveaway right at the end here uh, right so stick around we'll do that in a few more minutes if you got any last minute questions for the creek crawler Please go ahead and throw those. I'm going to try to um, manage that in a bit. Steve, Paul can shred a guitar too. I know I was in his house and he was like, hey, check out my like studio. His whole basement's like, here's my like, bait making me, area. Watch me riff, bro. Yeah, this is like my studio where I do my music for my YouTube channels. This is where I make homemade bands. Like your whole basement's like the man, the perfect man cave. <laughs> That's awesome. The fish cave. Uh, yeah. So Scott asked a question. Is there a secret to getting the hook through the Nico plastics? I would imagine that are they just shallow? Is that why? Yeah, thin? Scott, the reason it's a super durable plastic, all their plastics are super durable and super thick there. It's, it's a different plastic than your Z-Man soft plastic. It's a biodisintegratable, like surgical food grade plastic. It's literally some of the highest quality soft plastic that you can get on the market. And that's why some of it's, it's why it's expensive. I ain't going to lie. It's like a pack of Helgramites is eight bucks, but those Helgramites are going to last you 40, mm. 50, 60 fish. No problem. As long as you don't snag up, you're, you're going to keep catching fish on them. But that's why I transitioned over to the EWG hooks because I'll just do it right now and show you how quick it is. A lot of people try to thread a hook through the entire bait. Super tough. EWG hook, just go through it just like that. Bring it down, come through the body like this. There, it's rigged you up, rigged ready it. to go. Love it. That's why. That's why I've went with these EWGs because I was threading uh, just a normal, you know, ball head jig through them and stuff like that for for the first year. And I was like, man, my my Helgramite's all like wonky and stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Just give me an EWG, and I've really never turned back since. Love it. Um, Cooler Lid says, hey. I know you use owners as well. I love the yep. under spins. What's crazy is I have the little owners right here. Yeah, there you go. Love it. All right, so let me see here. So it's kind of got one last question for you. Then we'll do this giveaway. And uh, the question is, what should we expect from you in 2023? 
I have noticed on your YouTube channel as I go through it, it is just fishing. <laughs> you don't do like, here's my rod review. This is my kayak review. You're like straight up. There are 275 videos just of fishing. <laughs> of fishing. And and that's where I think I'm just going to stay that route. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of how-to videos as well. I'll do a how-to video from here and there. How to fish. You know what? I need to do more of those because those are some of my best videos on my channel. I've mm. done how to saw guy fish, how to catch saw guy in the Great Miami River, how to fish a rooster tail. Some of these are my most popular videos. Your number one video. Yeah, my number one video is how to how to fish a rooster tail, and it got super uh, popular in 2020, 2021 when COVID came upon us, and everybody I guess went fishing and grabbed a rooster tail, and that's why I think that video <laughs> went crazy. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I just fish. I fish. And what I like is I'm going to different places in Ohio so I can attract an audience of different areas of Ohio. And I want to show people not necessarily exactly where I'm fishing, but give a good general idea of the region so mm. that anybody that could watch that video and be like, hey, he's fishing this tributary. He's fishing this river. I can adapt some of these things that I'm watching because if you just watch me, you can pick up a lot of my nuances and, and I'll kind of talk people through where I'm casting kind of how and why I'm casting in certain areas. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's basically the, what I'm trying to do on my channel. I don't do the, this reel versus this reel kind of thing. I just go out and fish and hope people learn from it and enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. My chaotic fishing says what an eye opening show for a guy that doesn't do a lot of river fishing. Like y'all have up North. Uh, he's down in Texas. I believe uh, we have feeder creeks and such around Dallas, Fort Worth. Is but he man, close to the devil's river though? Ooh, my chaotic. Let us know. Devil's River. Are you close? I think it's called the Devil's River, but that river is like, I've been watching some videos on it lately and it's like a river I have, we have here, but they're catching like eight, and nine pound largemouth in it. I'm Ooh. like, uh, Whoa. okay. That sounds like Texas. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. I think my chaotic is actually going to be on the show next week. Um, oh, nice. Has been coming on. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. He's putting up some chunks as well so I was like, thank you cooler aid cooler lid ap120 yeah what do you say oh there you go hey i gotta check your channel out brother i'm in wisconsin it's still cold out um he says about 10, 10 <laughs> i forgot when it's in texas it could be yeah. 14 hours away it's like third it's like oh my goodness <laughs> goodness this is probably closer to me probably that, that's crazy Shh. to think about well there that's you wild. go all right, folks. Cool. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please Get help it. me out. Hit that like button. Get some replay on this bad boy. Also, if you haven't done this, head over to the Creek Crawler on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. And also head him over to uh, his Instagram, which if you just want to sit there and salivate over large fish, you can do that. <laughs> hey, but, it's hey. not always about large fish, too. You know, I, I post the little guys, too. Hey, you know what? My channel. <laughs> but lately, you haven't. So um, Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on lately, but... I've been catching some really nice fish hey and who knows we might see you on the knucklehead bass fishing series coming up yeah absolutely absolutely and what was the name of your team team wendell team wendell okay and for all you out there who are part of the knucklehead bass and on and on team wendell anytime you see under team like fishing with gramps or team hoover let them mm -hmm. know in the comments team wendell's coming for you yeah you got you got to get, get let's get some smack talking going but Shh. hey guys yep thank you so much Ryan, absolutely thank you no my problem. man thanks for putting up some for putting up some uh prizes for everyone um this is gonna be this is gonna be a good year let's do it yeah absolutely it's gonna be an excellent year i want to let everyone know to be safe out there 
you know, watch your surroundings, stay safe, go catch some big fish. Have a great year. Great season, right. too. You guys have a good one. We'll see you next Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m.